George Bernard Shaw once wrote, some people see things as they are and say, why? I dream things who never were and say, why not? I got to Throughout his career in public service, Bobby Kennedy came to dream many things and ask why not? Why not end poverty in America? I have seen children in Mississippi, here in the United States with a gross national product of $800 billion. I have seen children in the Delta area of Mississippi with distended stomachs, whose faces are covered with sores from starvation. And we haven't developed a policy so we can get enough food so that they can live, so that their children are not, so that their lives are not destroyed. I don't think that's acceptable in the United States of America, and I think we need a change. Why not end a war in Vietnam that made no sense? And I want to make it clear that if the government of Saigon feels Khaesan or Tien and the area and the demilitarized zone are so important, if Quezon is so important to the government of Saigon, I'd want to see those American Marines out of there and South Vietnamese troops in there. Why not fight for the rights of immigrants? How can you go arrest somebody if they haven't violated the law? They're ready to violate the law, in other words. But I suggest in the interim period of time, in the luncheon period of time, that the sheriff and the district attorney read the Constitution of the United States. Bobby Kennedy's political career came of age during the turbulent 1960s when the battle for civil rights was in full swing, there was the fight for women's liberation, there were massive anti-Vietnam war demonstrations raging across college campuses and the nation, and many young people just dropped out of the world altogether. Bobby Kennedy was the brother of John Kennedy who ran for president in 1960. John Kennedy selected his brother Bobby to be his attorney general. It was as Attorney General that Bobby Kennedy grew to champion the cause of civil rights for African Americans. People that, uh, Negroes that live in ghetto type existence, existences that where their, their schools are not as good as the schools for individuals who, uh, who are white and uh, that, that real uh, effort is not made to uh, bring them into the community in a meaningful way. All these things have to be rectified in my judgment and it's not going to be just any one action not going to be any one speech or any one piece of legislation, but it's going to be a combination of everybody in the United States working together. And part of that is the passage of civil rights legislation, but part of it also is this other very meaningful legislation which will help the country as a whole. Imagine in America where having just one black student enroll at a prestigious southern university, like Old Miss, would require 500 United States Marshals to accompany him to register for a class just to ensure his safety. 
500 United States Marshals. Bobby Kennedy did just that for John Meredith, and Meredith became the first African American to enroll. And nowadays, we don't even think about that. It's simply commonplace. Bobby Kennedy's tenure as Attorney General was cut short when tragedy struck his family, the White House, and the entire nation. Here is a bulletin from CBS News. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. And almost exactly one hour after his initial bulletin, this now famous announcement. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson <clears throat> has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th President of the United States. Kennedy resigned as Attorney General and ran for United States Senator in New York in 1964 and won. His sense of humor was on full display during that campaign. First, let me say, I, would, uh, I have really two choices uh, over the period of the last uh, 10 months. I could have uh, stayed in, uh, I could have retired, and, uh, <laughs> and I, I have father has done very well, and I could have lived off him. <laughs> or I could have uh, continued to work for the government. I mean, that's my major interest, and the major interest of my family. Again, I don't see anything really sinister about that. We've all worked for the United States government. I'd like to continue to work for the United States government. I'm going to have to run and appear before the people of the state of New York. I'm going to have to have done a good job in the state of New York. I don't see me working and making this kind of effort that New York loses anything by it. I hear somebody else outside said, are you going to serve your whole six years? I don't know where I'd go. As New York Senator, Kennedy attacked the problem of poverty in America with a vengeance. He brought attention to rural poverty with a national poverty tour. Senator, you've just about completed the second day now. Is there anything significant that you've learned in this trip? Well, uh, people uh, are still having a very, very difficult time. Uh, there is uh, hunger, considerable hunger in this part of the country. There's no uh, real hope for the future amongst uh, many of these people who uh, worked hard uh, in the coal mines. And now that the coal mines shut down, uh, they have no place to go. There's no hope for the future. There's no industry moving in. The men are trained in government programs and there's no jobs at the end of the training program because of the cutback, uh, because of the demands on our federal budget in Washington, the war in Vietnam, there these, even these training programs are being cut back and so people are being cut off and they have no place to turn and so they're uh, desperate and, and uh, filled with despair. It seems to me that uh, this country is wealth as wealthy as we are, that this is an intolerable condition, it reflects on all of us. We can do things all over the rest of the world, but I think we should do something for our people here in this, our own country. In 1968, Bobby Kennedy announced for president, even though the current president, Democrat Lyndon Johnson, was still running himself. 
Democratic peace candidate Eugene McCarthy was also in the race at the time. Two weeks later, President Johnson decided not to seek re-election for president and withdrew from the race. Then, on April 5th, civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was shot and killed. Bobby Kennedy was informed of King's assassination right before speaking to an African-American audience in Indiana that evening. And back in 1968, there was not a 24-hour news cycle. There was no CNN or Fox News. And Kennedy was the one to break the news to that audience. This is what he had to say. I have some very sad news for all of you, and I think uh, sad news for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world. And that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight in Memphis, Tennessee. For those of you who are black and are tempted to fill with, be filled with hatred and mistrust of the injustice of such an act against all white people, I would only say that I can also feel in my own heart the same kind of feeling. I had a member of my family killed, but he was killed by a white man. But we have to make an effort in the United States. We have to make an effort to understand, to get beyond or go beyond these rather difficult times. A favorite poem, I, my favorite poet was Aeschylus. He once wrote, Even in our sleep, pain which cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our own de despair, against our will, comes wisdom through the awful grace of God. What we need in the United States is not division. What we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence and lawlessness but is love and wisdom and compassion toward one another. Feeling of justice toward those who still suffer within our country, whether they be white or whether they be black. Get the gun, Raper. Okay, now hold on to the guy. Hold on to him. Hold on to him, ladies and gentlemen. Just two months later, it was Bobby Kennedy who was felled by an assassin's bullet in the pantry of a hotel after winning the California primary. His campaign, abundant promise, and his own life cut short, all seemingly in their prime. A train carried his body from New York City to the nation's capital. Here's his older daughter, Kathleen Kennedy Townsend, remembering the moment. That train ride was supposed to be three hours, and instead it turned almost seven hours. Two million people came out. African Americans in Baltimore singing the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Nobody organized this. It was spontaneous. They stand, they wave, some of them are crying. What did he have that touched so many people? His love, his courage, and his ability to relate. Here is a glimpse into how he might have made America great 
again. Too much and for too long, we seem to have surrendered personal excellence and community value in the mere accumulation of material things. Our gross national product now is over $800 billion a year. But that gross national product, if we judge the United States of America by that, that gross national product counts air pollution and cigarette advertising and ambulances to clear our highways of carnage. It counts special locks for our doors and the jails for the people who break them. It counts the destruction of the redwoods and the loss of our natural wonder in chaotic sprawl. It counts napalm and it counts nuclear warheads and armored cars for the police to fight the riots in our cities. It counts Whitman's rifle and Specs knife and the television programs which glorify violence in order to sell toys to our children. Yet the gross national product does not allow for the health of our children, the quality of their education, or the joy of their play. It does not include the beauty of our poetry or the strength of our marriages, the intelligence of our public debate, or the integrity of our public officials. It measures neither our wit nor our courage, neither our wisdom nor our learning, neither our compassion nor our devotion to our country. It measures everything in short, except that which makes life worthwhile. And it can tell us everything about America, except why we are proud that we are Americans. Thank you for listening to Big Shot. If you like what you heard and want to see how this year's fantasy race for president unfolds, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Thanks to contributing editor Greg Drilling, editor Caroline King, and contributors Marissa Kosha, Jack Bavakwa, and Kim Winston for making this podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, Frank Carone, for sponsoring this entire podcast season. Remember, don't forget to vote for your favorite candidate online at BigShot-Podcast.com. And if you want to come see an episode of Big Shot Live, come see Anthony Scaramucci on November 1st at 3.30 p.m. You need to reserve seats online at BigShot-Podcast.com. Hurry, because space is limited. The admission is free. And thank you to Mercury Public Affairs, a high-stakes public strategy firm with offices across the country and around the world. This is your host, Charlie King. See you next time. What a field day for the heat. A thousand people in the street. Singing songs and a carry inside.